Hey, I'm MJ Taylor, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, what's up? I'm MJ and welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. I'm super excited today. I'm in the studio with uh, Dustin Wilson. Uh, Dustin um, is an entrepreneur and a master sommelier. (laughs) And in 2016, he co-founded Verve Wine, which is an online-focused wine retail business that has physical locations in New York City and San Francisco, and Chicago is coming soon, so he's got the whole of America covered. And uh, he is the former wine director of the three-star Michelin restaurant 11 Madison Park, and it was that expertise that led him to a leading role in the critically acclaimed wine documentary series, Psalm. And he was in Psalm 1, 2, and 3. Um, Dustin, uh, that's what I know about you. What would you like to say to everybody now that you're here? <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I think uh, that's all fancy stuff. But, I, I, you know, I just like to have a good time and drink good wine and do stuff that I love. Awesome, man. That's basically it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, welcome to the show, man. And you know, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's really cool to be here with you. Um, this is one of those things where social media works, right? You know, I, I remember when I came, I, when I came on Instagram, like 2017 is the black wine guy. You were like one of the first people to follow me. I don't know what it was. And, and, and you always, if I went into your DM, you always responded to the DM. <laughs> uh, you're very approachable, which uh, is super important with wine. And, um, and also um, you're, you're, you're like a little bit of a maverick. Um, you know, like you're in the Saw movies. You, I mean, you had like a cush job. Like why would someone leave 11 Madison Park <laughs> to go into retail? Yeah. Yeah. I get that question a lot. Actually, people thought I was crazy when I was doing it. And, you know, I, I probably was a little bit crazy at the time because, you know, EMP was, well, is a, a phenomenal restaurant and we had a great wine program. And, um, you know, I had like six sommeliers underneath of me and, or I should say working with me. Um, and, uh, you know, we're popping open crazy stuff on a nightly basis. It was awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I spent about 20 years working in restaurants, mm. um, and, you know, is about 35 years old, mid thirties. And I'm kind of looking at my life. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, what am I going to do in the future? Right. So it's kind of started thinking down that path. I'd spent so much time basically from my early twenties until, until then, you know, chasing the career. And, uh, you know, at a certain point I was, I was at EMP and I'm like, all right, well, what's, what's the next like 10 years or so going to look like? And, um, you know, I, Started thinking, you know, okay, I could stay here at EMP, not going anywhere. Um, potentially they'll grow into a larger group and I can be like maybe a corporate wine director or something like that. And I think that probably could have easily happened. Um, but, you know, there was this kind of itch inside of me that I always wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to 
to create my own business. And, you know, I kind of wanted that for a long time. And even when I started at EMP, I remember thinking, I'm like, all right, this might be like my last, like, quote unquote job, at least, uh, you know, as I was hoping. Um, I knew I wanted to kind of work somewhere really great and use that platform to kind of, you know, uh, go off and do something else. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting in the, or standing in the dining room one day during, during lineup and looking outside. And, uh, seeing all these, you know, those beautiful, big, beautiful windows in, in 11 Madison Park. And you're looking out on a Madison Square Park and seeing all these people that were enjoying the sunshine and sitting out in the park and reading a book and having some Shake Shack and wearing shorts, you know, and I'm stuck inside in this suit. And it was like hour number 17 or something like that. I'm like, what in the world am I doing here still? It's time to figure this out, you know? So there's a couple things. I mean, one was, was kind of the itch to do something. Um, second, you know, I think I, the, the restaurant lifestyle was, he's starting to get a little old for me. I think there, I wanted a lifestyle change and you know, I'm like, man, if I, if I want to be a father one day or something, like can't really be pulling these kinds of hours and, and, you know, all these late nights and weekends and holidays and all that stuff. And, um, you know, so it was kind of like the right time. And, um, for a long time I, I thought I wanted to open a restaurant. Um, but then I think, you know, being exposed to EMP and kind of what it took to execute at that level, um, you know, I think it became really quickly clear that do I want to kind of spend the next 10, 20 plus years of my life kind of in this same sort of zone? And, uh, you know, started thinking about other options. And for me, the, the important things that I decided or the priorities for me were to, A, you know, kind of balance my life out a little bit. I wanted to be able to create time for myself to, you know, if I have a family one day to be able to do that. Uh, second was to, you know, spend time with loved ones and, and kind of be around that. Uh, it was really important for me to be able to continue to work around all the wines that I've grown to love and, and the things that I've been exposed to. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't know what that was going to look like. So I kind of thought about the different paths that I could take. And uh, it was actually on a wine trip to France. Uh, I was in Burgundy with a group and visiting wineries. It was a great trip. Um, and I met my, my business partner, Derek. And, um, you know, he was talking about retail. And it wasn't something that I'd really thought about before and, um, until then, and then just started kind of thinking more on it about how, you know, it kind of fit a lot of those things. You know, it's, it was more daytime kind of a thing. It's, um, you know, the, the, the holidays and things like that are a little bit more flexible. Um, you know, still get to work with all the same wines that I'd want to. It's like, instead of going into like distribution or, or importing or something where you're stuck with a portfolio, right, right. you know, you can still be really selective. And then the one thing that I really noticed was, uh, you know, I knew where to go get a good bottle of wine in New York City. Uh, and most of the cities I would visit, I knew like the shop, you know, mm-hmm. or a handful of shops, you could go get something awesome. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of lazy. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not really lazy, but I don't like to go out of my way for things. So it's okay uh, to be lazy, bro. I, I say that to myself all the time. I'm like, damn, you're I, lazy. I just <laughs> wanted to be able to like really order something online and just have it arrive, you oh know? God, and, yes. uh, you know, so I'd go to these, some of these shops that, and, 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 um, try to order things online and, and it was super old school still, you know, you had to either call the shop and talk to them or, you know, I tried to order something and it was out of stock. And, you know, it was kind of a pain in the ass. And I'm like, you know, why does it have to be like this? Why can't it just be really simple and easy? We're in the age of the internet now. Like it, I started to see an opportunity there. It's like, all right, well, 
you know, there's this kind of confluence of things. And I've always kind of worked off of like where I see, uh, you know, opportunity, but also kind of gut instinct of saying like, okay, well, nobody's really doing this like heavy online wine thing yet in like a boutique kind of very curated <laughs> right, fashion. Right. I mean, you got Gary Vee with Wine Library, but you, there's no boutique. You got right. Gary Vee doing it totally. And, you know, he's selling Barefoot and Yellowtail and all that right, stuff too. Right, you know what right, I mean? Like totally. that's not really my jam. Josh, right? You don't like Josh? <laughs> <laughs> love the team. Love the team. Nothing wrong with the team. No, but, you know, there's and then there's like the wine.com and things like that, but you know, they weren't uh, they weren't selling kind of the really curated, like kind of right. you know, farm to table, family owned type of like things that I was really, you know, interested in and used to. So I saw a niche there that was like yet to be filled and um, got super jazzed up and ex- inspired by it. So that's kind of that was the impetus, that was enough for me to kind of you know decide to leave EMP and and chase after it. Um, you know going through it all now, looking back at it, I'm like, man, you were an idiot. Cause like, <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, obviously I think things, things have turned out pretty all right and I'm, I'm enjoying it. But, uh, you know, I, I thought I knew a lot and, uh, it was, it became very quickly apparent that I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. it took a little while to, to get used to it. Totally. Totally. That's uh, really that cool. It. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, wow. I mean, you said you, you started working in restaurants, I guess when you're about, um, 15, you know, that's right. What was your first job in a restaurant? Uh, I was, I worked at this sub shop, um, near my parents' house. Um, it was called Casa Mia's, uh, in Perry Hall, Maryland. And, uh, basically answering phones and taking orders from people. And then, you know, graduated to being able to work the, the cold sub line. So I was making like Italian cold cut sandwiches and Ham, stuff cheese like and capicola. If it was like a real good night, I got to work the pizza station, you oh, know? Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, so I did that for a good, good chunk of time. Then I started, you know, delivering, uh, you know, subs and pizzas and stuff like that once I could drive. So that was, that was my first gig. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, I want to go deeper than that, but I get this wine is just kicking ass right now. Like it just, and he just popped it, but what year is this? What are we drinking? So right this is uh this is a producer named uh Commando G or Commando Hay. Mm-hmm. Uh they're a small producer in um uh Sierra de Gredos, which is an area outside just about forty five minutes to an hour outside of Madrid mm-hmm. in Spain. And uh it's uh Daniel Landy and his partner uh Fernando that that are uh, kind of the people behind the project and um I'm a big fan of Grenache. So every, everything they do is Grenache and it's kind of these high elevation head pruned vines, like old vine stuff. Uh, just really super interesting. And, um, I love that it's like this really delicate, pale, aromatic, like super silky, sexy, ephemeral kind of, uh, uh, style of Grenache. And, um, I, I think personally, I think he's one of the best winemakers in Spain right now. Right on. I, I'm yeah. a, I'm a <clears throat> huge Grenache fan myself. Um, uh, so this is really it's a I, and I love the different styles, but oh. I'm getting you know. Uh, just to clarify for for the people that are listening, it's uh 2018. It's the it's the premier crew or, or the premier rosas as they call it. So they make kind of a couple different tiers that they label out, sort of like Burgundy. There's like yep. village wine. Yep. This is like the premier crew wine. And then they've got some Grand Cru stuff. So this good. isn't ten bucks. You didn't you didn't bring. No, it. no, it's not crazy expensive. Though. No, I know, it's like, but you know, you know high forties or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I see. I, I, that's wine so funny like that. Like <laughs> depending on where you're at, you're like you're like nah, it's, it's like you know it's eighty bucks. It's <laughs> not a lot, you know. And that's not my wheelhouse I, is like twenty five to fifty. Yeah, like, yeah that's, I know, <laughs> I know, like I know, but like, but you know, it's it it is true, man. Like it, it's 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 got a lot of stuff going on. Um, so very cool. So you're. You're, you're, you're down in Maryland. Yep. And, and, and then like, um, 
you're 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 at the sub shop, you're working a pizza line, you're doing deliveries. Um and then like what was the progression? Like what was the next gig? And like did you go off to college or like did you Yeah, um no, so gosh, where was I then? I can't remember um the exact timeline. Uh but at a certain point in time, or we, we, my family moved up north in Maryland a little bit, and I found another like sub shop job for a little while. But then um, I ended up working as a, a waiter. My my stepbrother, who's a little older than me, uh, was working at a waiter as a waiter at TGI Fridays, and was like making good money. And I'm like, how do I get that job? <laughs> like that's like the gig <laughs> I want. <laughs> I knew nothing From about Fridays restaurants. To master some, I love this. I just awesome. wanted. I, I was chasing the, the the money. You know, I was making like seven dollars an hour or something like that at the sub shop and he was making like a couple hundred bucks or you know a hundred hundred to two hundred dollars a night in tips and i'm like man i need that (laughs) i didn't care where it was this is one of the job and um so i ended up interviewing and got a job at tgi fridays where i spent like i think it was there for like four or five years or something now let me ask you a question though did you how much bling did you wear dude i had all the the, the standard bling do you only have 30 pieces of bling i had or did you go beyond and you really express yourself i was that quintessential dude like i was like uh you, you ever watch uh what was it um Office space. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Were you, were you the guy? You know like, the, you know the guy. The fuck yeah, that, yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was you. I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. Not quite as like douchey as that guy was, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I was really competitive. You know, I wanted to like sell more than everybody else. I, I wanted it. to like you know oversell on like the big margaritas <laughs> and like the appetizer platters and all that kind of stuff because I wanted the bling. I wanted it. Yeah, nice. And um, so <laughs> I think that's why they they let me stay for so long. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I started I started as a waiter there and um eventually became a bartender when i turned 21 okay and that's where i started kind of getting exposed to booze and um, and you know originally it was just making all the kind of quirky cocktails and things like that that you get at a place buttery like, nipple what, what are yeah those all that like yeah. like mudslides yeah, and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. stuff like that <laughs> and uh sex on the beach yeah. i'm dating myself <laughs> sex on the beach was a big drink totally like yeah yeah 22. same same yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, Malibu rum you know, at, at the time, you know, I thought I was like the coolest person in the world you know, <laughs> and, and making these drinks and I was making good money and I was like, oh, this is great. Um, and I, you know, I finished up school and you know, my options, I was, so I was a geography major in college uh, with a business minor. And I, um, quickly realized that any, any job that I was going to take, uh, that had to do with my, my, um, my diploma was, uh, going to be a significant pay cut from what I was making as a bartender at the time. So I had a really hard time with that. I didn't like making less money. So, um, no, no. I, Hi, I'm Mr. Wilson. Welcome to geography. I mean, I, I love teachers and I, I thought about it and, and, you know, I, I really respect what teachers do. My mom was a teacher. And, yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't give it up. I, I liked kind of the lifestyle and things. So I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. There was a good chunk of time there, like post school that, um, I just had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I started had that get- too, like for like 25 years. <laughs> so I get Still it. not quite sure. Um, <laughs> Hoping this thing works out, this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I did major in communication, so maybe I can squeeze squeeze something out of that degree, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that that kind of – that bartending gig definitely got me into booze a little bit and started to kind of pique my interest in Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, what's the difference between like vodka and gin and, uh, you know, why is this uh, Grand Marnier like so much more expensive than these other things? And it got me intrigued. And then – 
From there, I ended up uh, getting a job as a waiter uh, down at a place called Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, which is like a chain steakhouse. Yeah, no, Ruth, in, everybody knows Ruth's Chris. Down in we think yeah. think I went to the one in Beverly Hills. I thought it was like the best meal ever at the time. Oh, man, I still love Ruth's Chris. I mean, they, they got good steaks, good man. Good steak I mean, covered in and butter. They, there's hot plates. Right. Like, how and you know and they that? have, you know, <laughs> they have all your big, uh, your big California heavy uh, cabs. So, you know, you can yeah. get a decent bottle of wine there. Totally, so. totally. So, and, uh, when I got there, I, I knew nothing about wine, um, and I was very clear with them about that. And they didn't have a sommelier there um, or, or anybody really to kind of teach you about it outside of the, the waiters themselves that had been there for a long time. Um, and there was definitely some, like, career waiters there. Uh, and that's kind of where I got into wine was the kind of the, the – head waiter, if you will, that had been there for, you know, a decade or so and um, always worked the best section. And he's like, look, if, you know, if you want to make money here, you got to learn the wine list. And I was like, okay, well, teach me, you know. And he sat me down for my first tasting. And I remember it was uh, – we did some Chardonnays that we were pouring by the glass. And uh, I just tasted like the two different ones. And he was like kind of showing me the nuances between them both. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so cool. Like how – this is crazy. So um, – so, you know, I, from there, I, I bought my first wine book, which was Wine for Dummies. And, me too. Uh, oh my God, that was my first <laughs> wine book when I got it. And let me tell you something. Don't that is a great book. It's a great book. It, it, it's probably yeah. the, it's one of the best books ever written. Yeah. On on on, it was it was awesome. It did the job. It, it did really the job. did the job. Uh, um, yeah, I love so. that book. I I still have it to this day. Do you really? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I lost mine. I well, I, I actually, I lost to. mine too, but I bought one again a few years ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. I, I, had yeah. to. I, I wish I still had mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, uh, you know, once, once I kind of like started reading that book, I, I got fully hooked really quickly and found myself, you know, paying a lot of attention to that and bought some other books and then was going to the wine stores and, and like perusing shelves and spent, you know, an hour in there just kind of looking around and would buy a bottle and go home and drink, drink it and like kind of learn about it at the same time. And, um, you know, I just fell in love with it and, you know, at this, at the same time, I still wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my life it was kind of up in the air and, um, I'm a big skier. I like to ski and I love the mountains. And, um, so I was like, you know what? I've got some time to kill. I'm still young enough. I want to move to Colorado mm. and I want to live in Colorado for a little while and just ski and like have some fun. Um, so the goal was to kind of move out there and find a, a job where I could keep learning about wine, you know, work, work nights so I could ski during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the plan. So this was in 2005, uh, that I moved out there and, and landed in Boulder in Colorado. And, um, you know, I, I was there, I had no idea where I wanted to work. Um, so I was just kind of going around to restaurants and like, you know, checking out the wine lists and seeing what they were all about or trying to read some reviews. And I remember, um, my, I needed to, this is back when like you're, you, you couldn't just like take your cell phone from one state and like take it to a new state. You had to like get a new phone number, oh, yeah. you know, like you couldn't transfer your phone number <laughs> totally, like back, totally. back that, then. That was that. I remember that racket. So I had to go to the Verizon store and get a new Colorado phone number. And I just remember asking the one, I was like, Hey, you know, I just moved here. I'm looking for a good restaurant job. Do you happen to know of any good restaurants? She's like, well, my boyfriend's a pastry chef happens to be. And he loves this place called Frosca Food and Wine. He said he thinks it's the best restaurant in the state. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, you know, <laughs> 
figure out where this place is and I go in the next, go down there the next day. And I, I just can't imagine like what they must have thought of me on that first day. Cause I walk in and I think I had like a holy t-shirt on and you know, a pair like of like with Jesus Christ on it or is like, no, no, no. Like, like and uh, and like cargo shorts and I probably looked all disheveled and, <laughs> Hey, I was um, wearing cargo shorts earlier today. <laughs> and I, and I go and I, I just, I didn't want to eat or anything cause it was kind of expensive, but you know, <laughs> I, 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 was, I just wanted to see their wine list. So I was asked to see their wine list. I'm paging through it and I'm like looking at this thing. And remember, I'm, I came from like Ruth's Chris where it's like all big Napa wines yeah, and yeah. Bordeaux yeah. and like, you know, a lot of the the big heavy hitter brands, right. you know. And, and then I'm looking through this wine list and I don't recognize anything. You know, their whole shtick is like wines of Friuli and yep. cuisine of Friuli, Italy. So it's very Italian heavy. I didn't recognize anything on here. And I'm like, this wine list is weird. Where's the silver oak? <laughs> Where's the Opus One? Exactly. Like, where's the stuff? I where's like, the Dominus? And I was about to write it off. I'm like, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> you, you, oh, this is awesome. For you guys who don't know this, this restaurant, <laughs> this is awesome. Keep telling the story. <laughs> this is so awesome. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm about to like kind of leave and I go to give the, the wine list back and it, and Bobby just happens to be there and he's like, Hey there, how you doing? It's like, great. He's like, you, are you joining us for dinner tonight? And, uh, you know, I, I can just picture Bobby looking at me. And of course, I'm not joining for dinner that night. I'm like by myself and like, looking the way I looked. He's like, you coming in for dinner? I was like, no, no. You know, I just, I told him the story. I'm just moved to town. You know, I'm looking for a job and, you know, I really like wine. So I was just kind of looking around at places that have fun wine. He's like, oh, well, cool. Well, here's my card. Um, you know, let me know if I can be of any help. And he always, and, you know, you knowing Bobby now, he's right. Mr. Hospitality, so right. I don't blame him. Right. You know, it's perfect. It's kind of par for the course for, for him. And, uh, and so I take the car, I say, thank you very much. And I walk out the door. And, uh, as I get outside, I look at his card and I see the initials MS mm-hmm. after his name. Mm-hmm. And I, and I knew what that meant. I knew of these creatures called master sommelier there was like 10 of them back then probably it was, it was yeah. very very few yeah none yeah yeah <laughs> so um you i uh yeah i'd never met one of these people before so i'm like holy shit i just met a master sommelier <laughs> so tell crazy. everybody bobby so some people might not i mean i some people might not know who bobby is yeah so quick quick on bobby bobby is he's a master sommelier as well um he's the owner partner of uh Frosca Food and Wine, this mm-hmm. restaurant Boulder. Um, they also have a, another restaurant concept called Pizzeria Locale. They've got a place down in Denver called Tavernetta. Um, at the time, it was just the one restaurant, just Frosca. Um, but he is, you know, an icon in the industry uh, nowadays. You know, he's looked at as one of the, the premier hospitality professionals in the business. And, you know, incredibly talented guy. He's hugely successful. Um, you know, just, and also just one of all around nicest people on the planet. And a badass. I mean, the guy, and a badass, yeah, the yeah. guy like runs marathons. Yeah, runs like sub three hour marathons. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. he's amazing. And is, and I, is he's it insane. Stucky, 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 Bobby Stucky or Bobby Stucky? Stucky. Stucky, yeah. Stucky. Yeah, um, yeah, um, just, just, a, I mean, badass, just running with Kenyans in the mountains of yeah. Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a super approachable guy. Like yeah. I see where I, if you came up under him, I, I can tell it's, I totally make sense now. I mean, I knew you worked there, but it, I'm putting it together. And that first <laughs> meeting is just so cool. You're like, like, just like, no, I'll just have some bread. <laughs> a bottle of Pellegrino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. But, but like he gave you his card and then, and so, yeah. then, so what happened? You so I leave and I'm like, Oh God, I think there's a master sommelier here. This is perfect. I've always wanted to learn about wine. Who better to learn it from than a master sommelier? So I go home, 
I look up the Frosca website and start reading about it and like looking about him and saw that he worked at the French Laundry and I saw he won a James Beard Award and I see that he's worked at the Little Nell Hotel in Aspen and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God. I just walked into like this jackpot, you right, know, of a, right. of a, of a opportunity. Right. And, um, so, you know, the next day I, I go back down there and I dressed up a little bit the next day. <laughs> I put on like a collared shirt and my like, I've seen photos of, of this day, actually. I think I put on, a, like, a really crappy-looking tie, and, like, I had these really baggy khakis. Um, and I roll back down there, try to look a little nicer, and I walk in. It's during the day. They weren't open yet, uh, but some of the employees were there. I go in. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And there's two people behind the bar. And um, and I said, hi. You know, I just – I was interested in putting in an application to to work with you guys. And um, I always give this person crap now for for this and this is like she hates this when i tell the story so i won't say her name but she knows who she is (laughs) you know who you are and you will be listening because dustin's on the black wine guy experience (laughs) she looks at me and she goes um yeah we don't have applications but if you want to drop off a resume you know feel free and i was like oh shit it's like that kind of place (laughs) okay <laughs> so, you know, very, I'm like, oh, okay, thanks very much. And, uh, and, you know, I just walked right back, back out the door, you know, tail between my legs, feeling like an idiot. I'd went and, right uh, to the public library. Oh, I went straight home, jumped, yeah, jumped yeah, on my, Microsoft on my Word, computer. Resume, uh, templates. Well, I remember, <laughs> I remember I had to like get out my, cause I, I luckily still packed like my old business school books from right. school. And I was like, how to write a resume. <laughs> And I pull it out and I find the page and I just basically like jot it down. I've got my TGI Fridays bartender. I've got my Ruth's Chris Steakhouse waiter on there, you know, thinking like I'm kind of a badass. I'm a baller. You know? Yeah. Go back down, drop it off. And, you know, she's there again and some other people are there and I hand it in. I'm like, hey, just hand it a resume. <laughs> like, okay, great. Thanks very much. We'll let you know. You know, one of those kind right, of things. Right, I'm like, right. Okay, cool. So. I was like, I'm not letting this go. And so I, I think I went back every day to bug them to see if they had looked at the resume, if they were interested. Can I talk to somebody? Went back every day for, I think, like at least like four or five days or something. And I think by day five or six or whatever it was, um, I think they were like, look, this kid's not going anywhere. Uh, can somebody please just sit down and talk to him? And Bobby happened to be there. So Bobby came out and sits me down. I was like, look, you know – Looks like we might have something opening up because we're putting a patio outside. One of my servers is going to have to be out there, so I'm going to have to bump somebody up from like a you know back waiter position. You're going to have to start at the bottom. You're going to be like in the kitchen, like scrubbing floors and bathroom, like cleaning toilets and mopping the floors and stuff. And uh, I was like, you know, as long as I can pay my rent, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that was it. And then uh, you know that that's kind of like that was the moment that changed my life. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, that, getting that job and working with him because, uh, you know, fast forward and I ended up being there for like three years and, um, you know, worked my kind of way up the ranks and went from that, you know, expediter and back waiter and scrubbing floors and toilets and stuff to waiting tables and then did that for a bit. And then he gave me my first sommelier position mm-hmm. and that was, that was it. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where it all, all started for me. Wow. That's, that's, man, yeah. that's, that's. I don't think that was in the Psalm series. So that's good stuff right there. Man. <laughs> like the backstory. That's so really cool. Um, speaking of which, so like, I mean, you're, you're in Psalm and can I pour some more yeah, wine please, for you, come by on, the way? bro. I can't, come on. I, I can't look at this yeah. empty glass. Like yeah. This. I can't look at it. Man. 
Oh, we're still drinking the same bottle of wine. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same bottle. Just so you know. Yeah. If we would have finished the bottle. I have a quick, producer. Then, yeah. What do you think about that? What do you think about this so far? Th- the, this? The pod- yeah, like, this right. is awesome. This right. is like I said, the most legit podcast I've ever been on. That's what's yeah. up. <laughs> Cheers. I'll <laughs> drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> most of the time, you know, I do it like over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so like, you know, I, I – I'm starting to reveal more Instagram. Like I've like we all have crazy backstories, but like I'm also I'm big into like success, and success means what um, getting what you want. That's for me. That's the ultimate success. Like you know, like it's not chasing the dollar. Like I like what you said earlier. It's not about. It's like you know, you want to carve out time to have a family. You want to have a life, mm-hmm. right? Because restaurant life is rough. Um, it's fun though. It's a ton great of fun. time. It's, it's a great, great time. time. Um, and you know, it. it I got caught up in the perils of it. If you know what I mean, there are perils of restaurant life, you know? Sure. We could exchange some stories. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but, um, but to go from, you know, subs to, to Fridays to Ruth Chris to, um, scrubbing the floors to being in the Psalm series. So he gave you your first job as Somali. So, yeah. um, it's now become like, uh, back then, like I, you didn't have, like a lot of Psalms weren't certified. They just knew a shit ton about wine, correct? Yeah. 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 So, so did he push you into going he, for your MS or just, just you caught the bug? You were inspired by him? Tell me a little he bit. He never that. pushed me to do it, uh, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was definitely kind of part of the culture mm-hmm. there. You know, him being a master sommelier at the time, the guy that was running the wine program was a guy named Nate Reddy, who's also now a master som, and he's got a great winery out in Oregon. Uh, phenomenal stuff. Hayu Wine Farm, great stuff. Um, and so it was kind of like, you know, people were going down that path. There was also, oddly enough, Boulder, Colorado, or Colorado in general, had like a ton of master sommeliers there. I went from like never meeting one in my life to they would be coming in door like a couple times a week. Mm. Um, so it was just kind of around me all the time. And these guys were all really approachable. They were super nice. They were highly educated. They were um, really invested in kind of like watching the younger talent kind of come up and they just all really inspired me. And, uh, you know, Brett Zimmerman was, was out there. Jay Fletcher. There's a bunch of these guys that were, you know, were kind of coming through the restaurant on a fairly regular basis that, uh, I just looked at them and I was like, man, I want to be those guys. I like these guys. And, um, so that's kind of what started me down the path. And, uh, you know, I got into it and the, the plan, I never intended to become a master sommelier. That was never the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to educate myself more and become better at my job. And, um, you know, so I took the level one. Um, studied real hard for it and, uh, almost got the high score. Uh, a, a guy, the guy who beat me to the high score. So I came in second, um, is now a friend of mine. We've like been buddies ever since. Uh, but, um, anyway, so that guy, his name is David. Uh, I won't say his last name, just, you know, keep it off. But, um, <laughs> David and I kind of became buddies after that because we were a little competitive in that. I wanted to get the high score. He got the high score. I gave him shit for it. Right, right. And then we kind of just connected. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't plan to go for the second level, the certified. Um, you know, I just wanted to take that first one and just kind of do it. And he calls me up. He's like, I'm taking second level. Are you doing it? I was like, well, I am now. Exactly. <laughs> You're real competitive. I like that. Did you did you do any sports when you were younger? Or just just uh, a little bit. Nature? I played baseball. Okay. Yeah. Just by um, nature. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I just didn't. I didn't want him to beat me to it. So, um, <laughs> so he kind of he kind of pushed me to go for for second level. Uh, and then 
you know, I, I didn't pass the second level the first time around. So I, I went back to do it again and that really pissed me off and I had a chip on my shoulder the second time. And, um, so when I passed that time, you know, I was definitely a little more interested in, in maybe going for the third level just to kind of see if I could get that far. Um, then it became like a more competitive with myself kind of situation. And, um, but I was like, you know what, if, if I ever do the third, that's going to be it. That's as far as I'm, I'm not going to go all the way. It's just not feasible. There's no way I could do it. I have self doubt at the time, and um, and eventually, you know, took took the second level once, failed, um, passed service and and uh, theory, but missed tasting. Went out, did it again, failed. Same thing, passed theory and and service, missed tasting. Uh, so giant beat down on on you know multiple levels. Um, but then again, it was like, you know, I feel like I can do this thing. I feel like I can get it. And uh, I went the third time and, and finally got through. And then it became this thing of like, well, all right, you've gone through all this. You've you just did the advance three times. You've gotten this far. It's the next thing is like right in front of you. Why not at least try? You know, why not at least go for it? So that's kind of where where it ended. And um, I remember the first time I went out for it, um, you know, I was obviously totally freaked out and super nervous about the whole thing. But, and I only passed service the first time mm. that I went. But I remember walking away being like, you know what? This is attainable. I can, I can see like the, the light at the end of the tunnel with this. I, I, I think if I actually really hunker down, I can probably pull this off. Um, and then, you know, the second time around, it, it happened. So, it's nice. Really cool. yeah. So, so from, from your job as a SOM, at Frasca till you got your master SOM. How long of a time period was that? Uh, start to finish. Well, when I f- took my intros, uh, in, in 2006 and I passed the MS in 2011. So about, about five years. Damn. Start to finish, which, you know, it's not short, but it's not too long. I know. It's, no, I, I, it's just it's perseverance. Kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. but like what I really heard in there, like there's so much perseverance. Like, you know, you like, you know, I went to law school and I, have not passed passed any bar exam, um, and I've probably taken it like five times, <clears throat> and I'm not that dumb. I'm really not. <laughs> um, but you know what? I think the difference is um, you saw something for yourself, and you really want to do it. Like when once you really want to do it, if you're a competitive person, like you know, um, uh, that's really killer. So let's like that's a little opening for something. So you know, another reason why I want you on here is you're, you're very. Um, you're, you're very, um, you're woke. You're woke as fuck, right? So like, <laughs> like I know you're a big supporter of diversity in the industry. Yeah. Um, and, um, after, uh, all the, uh, violence that happened, that's still happening, um, you know, I saw a huge movement. Um, the, the quartermaster Somalias has come under fire. And I know you, you actually been, have been critical of them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, t- say a little bit about that, man. Like, why would you like, you know, like, you, you don't, you don't listen, man. So, I mean, I, like, if I was white, I'd just do my thing. I mean, I'd, like, I got black friends. I'm cool. Like, I mean, like, you don't have to, you don't have to, like, you know, you don't have to be a muckraker. Yeah, exactly. Feathers. You don't have to be a muckraker. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. To me, it was, um, I guess I, I saw, I think I tried to see it from a few different perspectives. And, you know, for better or for worse, the Quartermaster Sommelier is, is, is an organization that's looked up to, uh, by many in the industry across the globe as, you know, the pinnacle and like the leaders of, of this industry. And, um, you know, I, I think I was already a little kind of annoyed with, with the organization, if I can say that, like, uh, from the year before, um, 
you probably heard about the cheetah. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that that's right. Yeah, you were very vocal about that too. Yeah, yeah you know, and yeah. you know, the the more I thought about it, and I started hearing some of the stories, and it just like it wasn't it wasn't great. I didn't love the way it was being handled, and like you know, and then I started noticing that there was this kind of this culture of like. Don't say anything. Don't ruffle feathers. Shut up and get in line, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck that!" I'm not, no. <laughs> so I was like, from no, Baltimore. Not, no. From Baltimore. So <laughs> you ever see the wire? Right. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll fuck you up. I'm like, that's why I tell people no. I'm from Jersey, so, man. Don't so fuck with me. <laughs> it just didn't seem right. I'm like, guys, this does this is not right. Like to me anyway, it just didn't seem right. And you know, there was a small cohort of us that that um, kind of were all on the same page with that. Right. Um, and you know, going through that process. Um, really gave me kind of some insight onto into how the organization operates and mm-hmm. um some of the uh kind of um you know what am I trying to say? Kind of the the, the holes in their systems, so sure, to speak. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not accusing anybody of anything personally whatsoever, but it's uh, you know, there's kind of it's a the way the the organization is structured, it kind of made things really tricky to kind of navigate these waters and uh, learned a lot about it. And, you know, it, we ended up ultimately walking away from the, the whole situation without really gaining any traction mm-hmm. on it and uh, spent close to a year and a half kind of pushing to, to have something changed. Nothing changed, left a bad taste in my mouth um, as well as some others. And, uh, you know, and then this all came about and they were dragging their feet and here we are again. I'm like, guys, get your, freaking shit together you know what i mean like come on let's go like um again their whole mentality at the time was kind of like oh you know this isn't our problem Mm -hmm. you know let's just stay out of it we don't want to dip our toes into these waters when it has quote unquote nothing to do with us and um again i I didn't like that i'm like guys people look up to us we Mm -hmm. are the pinnacle of of this industry like we have to do something you have to say something you have to it's time like fucking stand up and um you know i don't have a ton of influence within the organization to be honest it's uh, it's you know it's run by a board and i'm not on the board and not even eligible to run for the board so you know my my only influence is basically on on making some noise on social media Mm -hmm. and um so you know, I, I tried to use that to just kind of nudge them and kick them and say, guys, let's go. And, uh, you know, that, that was kind of my mentality on it was I don't have, you know, I had to use what I had at my disposal to try to try to initiate something. Um, and, you know, I think ultimately they, they had some missteps with the whole situation. Um, they are making up for that now. Uh, you know, I went through a brief period of time where I was kind of like, you know, do I want to stay a part of this organization? Do I want to bounce? Um, is this, you know, something that I continue to believe in? Uh, or, you know, do I believe that they can change and get better and, and kind of fix some of these issues that they have? Um, and, you know, I've battled with that for a good chunk of time. Obviously, you probably saw some people did exit the organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't know that you should. I, cause I know like with stuff like with, with, with politics, some, you, sometimes you have to be in the mix. Totally. You have to be in the muck and mire. So, yeah. so while, while I get why they're making this huge statement, you're like, uh, you know, the, the guys at the six, eight Olympics with their, their fist up, right? Like they made a huge statement. Right. Ruin their whole lives. Like I'm not saying these guys' lives are going to be ruined, but like, um, it, it's 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 the John Conyers, it's 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 the John Lewis's who get in there sometimes. You know, you got to you know because inside of these 
old crotchety right. white man organizations, you, you, people have to be on the inside making changes. Not, totally. It's not not going to come from the outside because we'll just yep. get kids with guns to come by and shoot you, and guys with paintballs. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, we got to. It's got to happen from throw, within. Throw so, soup cans. It, yeah, throw soup cans at you. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just went there, but um, but no. But I, yeah. So, so uh, and that was exactly my my thing. It's you know I kind of was waffling back and forth, and ultimately decided I'm like, look, you know, it's it's I think the organization, whether I stay in or not, like is still going to be mm-hmm. looked at in this way, and mm-hmm. I can either be a part of some change and try to push for for some change, um, and stay in it and kind of and, and get my hands dirty. Or walk, and it just felt like the better thing to do is to stay in and try to to, to try to push. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's ultimately what I decided to do. Yeah, uh, totally cool, man. And and so like that, it's like looked up to. Like, um, how old? Like, it's an old organization, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it was uh, started back in the '60s in London. Um, you know, well, really, there you go. Yeah, it's Brits. <laughs> it hit the shores here in, <laughs> in the early '80s or mid '80s, I think. I can't remember the exact year. Um, you know, so it's it's been around for a bit. I mean, it's not a really old organization, right? Um, but you know, it's it's you know, for better or for worse. And I, and I know other MSs will give me shit for saying this, but you know, it, it's very much looked at as kind of an old boys club situation. Yeah, and yeah. For, you know, it a lot of it, it was you know, for in in a lot of ways. And I think they're trying to change that. I think they are, um, you know. They they kind of the mirror has been held up so to speak and they're like oh okay we need to evolve we need to change we need to do stuff. so I think I think they're on the right track I think they're making a lot of good changes their head is in the right place now they're they're pushing it's it's getting better so um, you know it's, we're not there yet I don't know if we'll ever be there fully uh, but I think at least there's a, this kind of new energy that's kind of emerged in the organization that is really positive and um, I think is going to be in the next call it you know, six months to the next 10 years, I think really positive for uh, both the organization as well as the industry at large. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, uh, to be fair, people, no matter, it's, it's just all that aside, no matter what, it's rigorous. It's a rigorous program. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and I think people, you know, um, I'll, I'll probably get shit for this, but um, like I see people like saying, you know, uh, blah, 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 this is racism. Like it, it might be because we live in America, but like, like you're talking the best, you know, the top organization, like only the best basketball players in the NBA. Like, like there's, there's not like just, I want to play basketball. It's not just, I want to be a sommelier. Like, and it's like, right. You know, like, like, like you said, like it was five years and there was times you were going to walk away. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it takes perseverance, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but it, it is, it is, it is definitely, um, uh, you know, um, good that they are making, taking strides, um, um, and, uh, you know, it's like, it's like wine, right? Like, um, you would get bored drinking the same wine every night. Like, seriously, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's yeah. Reos. You can't drink Reos every night. <laughs> right. You, you, well, you, I mean, you could. You but, could, but like, it would get boring. It would, it would get boring after about a year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But like, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's like you said earlier, like, um, uh, the ability that, you know, you knew where to get good bottles of wine, you know, the, and, and like how Frasca attracted you. Cause it, like, you're like, oh, I've never known these. These wines are weird. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I think I think it really highlighted, though, uh, part of a broader issue within the industry that, you know, like, I, I think wine is 
I, I like where things are heading right now. Like it's, it's becoming an industry that's more open and more diverse and like people are making some noise and changing things up. And I think that's really what it needed because, um, you know, for a long time, it was just kind of this, the same old types of people that were, you know, a part of it or, yeah. or like the, you know, um, it, it, it was just kind of closed off and a little bit more exclusive. And it's not what wine's about, right? Like wine is, wine is, you know, meant to be shared. Like we're drinking it right now. It's, yeah, it's yeah. sitting at a table with a group of people and like having a great time around it. And, um, I think there was, there was, uh, kind of an air of, of exclusiveness to the wine world that I feel like is, is breaking down right now. That's, I think, a really positive thing. Speaking of which, my, my glass is getting a little no, low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let comes. me, please. Please pour me some more yeah. wine, Dustin. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, um, yeah. getting like this sweet sour cherry thing in here and just like some peppery spice. And yeah, really, it's really so good. Fun stuff. This is really good. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I, and, and that's the thing, right? I tell people, um, or I, I like to think like, that's the thing, like, sit down with someone. Have a glass of wine and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. The world will really actually become a better place, you know? Totally. Um, it's gotta be wine. Can't be hard liquor. Can't be oldie. <laughs> Can't be anything that'll get you amped up and want to fight. Can't be Mickey's. It's gotta be some wine. <laughs> Mine's like a, a perfect alcohol it, it range. It really is. It's yeah, just it's a little you know, stronger than beer. Exactly. It's not going to get you too yeah, hammered like exactly, tequila. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, just, just provides a little lubricant, you know? Exactly. Um, and, you know, and that's the thing. Like, I, people, like, it's not about me, it's about, but like, I was lucky. I knew someone whose family owned a great store in New York. That's mm-hmm. how I got in, right? So I had a little different experience, but I didn't like. I didn't have to start at the bottom. I actually started at the top and then went down the wrong other direction. Um, <laughs> but um, but it is it is it's it's very it's 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 been really um, interesting and good to see and um, hear more voices and uh, yeah no I, that's something I I, I peep with you so um, so you know in the beginning we talked about how you were like you know. What was I crazy for going to retail? But then like when COVID hit, what'd you think? Cause you see restaurants closing and like, and you have a online based business. Like mm-hmm. I would be like, I'm a genius. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I mean, we definitely lucked out in that sense. Um, you know, I have a ton of friends in the restaurant business and it's been really, really tough to see everything that they're going through. And, uh, you know, the, the, the industry is in disarray at the moment and there's a lot of uncertainty around what's going to happen with that. And, uh, you know, the reality is it's hitting, hitting home with a lot of people and it's, you know, I have tons of friends who are like out of work right now. Yeah. Um, so it's really tough. And like, I remember when it, when it happened, uh, or when it was obviously coming and there was going to be a shutdown. I honestly thought I was on the phone with my business partner and like our, our kind of leadership team. And I was just under the impression we were going to have to close. So I was like, oh, there's no way mm. they're going to keep like liquor stores open. <laughs> we're not, we're not quote unquote essential. What's essential about getting, getting your bottle of vodka or like buying some wine? Like what? It's crazy. Like grocery stores, sure, but like booze shops, no. And, uh, and then the, the regulations came like, so we were ready. We we're like, I was like looking at how to, how to properly go through the paces of like, you know, furloughing or laying mm-hmm. people off or, you know, what does our finance, financial situation look like? Kind of going through all of that. And then the, uh, the regulations come out and, uh, package stores as they call them or, you know, liquor stores for mm-hmm. better or for worse were considered essential and allowed to stay open. And we're like, Oh, well, all right. So then, you know, then we're trying to figure out, all right, well, how are we going to operate? How do we, if we're able to stay open, how do we keep our team safe? 
um, and, you know, keep them employed and make sure that, you know, we're kind of um, following safety regulations and things like that. So we decided to close down the stores uh, to walk-ins and just decided to go all in online. And uh, I had no idea what was coming. If I was like a smarter economist type of person, <laughs> I would have been like, guys, this is a massive opportunity. But you, could been, uh, you could have been the Bobby Axe of wine. <laughs> I was like, I was just scared out of my mind and I couldn't see more than like a week ahead of time. And, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and so we closed the stores, did online only. And once the restaurants were shut down, I, it, it became very apparent how much people can't live without booze and mm-hmm. wine. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, sales just went through the roof. So, um, you know, we, we were like, what in the world is going on here? And, uh, you know, it was crazy for the first, first chunk of time. Um, things have leveled off quite a bit since then, but you know, those first like two months or so, it was just a roller coaster ride and crazy. And, um, you know, we we're trying to figure out new systems. We we're trying to figure out how to get wine to everybody. Um, you know, the influx of orders was just like kind of more, way more than we were used to handling. We, the stores effectively became a, uh, uh, like a fulfillment warehouse, mm-hmm, you know, the mm-hmm. team went from helping people pick out things and make recommendations to, you know, there's like a line that we built like in the store of just pulling bottles, packing up boxes or packing up bags, getting them out the door. Um, and that's, that became the whole thing. And, um, you know, we got so kind of mired and caught up in the day to day of doing that. Um, you know, it took me probably two, two plus months to kind of like pull my head up out of out of there and kind of look at the big picture and be like man i'm really freaking grateful that like we have this because it could have been it could have been a disaster so um yeah long story short really thankful to be in the uh in the retail business during all of this because uh you know it's 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 done pretty well particularly with the online thing i think we were we never went into it with that intention It, it just you know, happened to be really convenient for this particular situation. Yeah. Yeah. So feel really lucky. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. That's really good stuff. So, um, you know, it's like, man, I could talk, we could talk for like another hour, bro. (laughs) Easily. I still got more wine. (laughs) We'll have to do it. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. We're going to keep going unless, until you got to go, they'll just edit this out. So anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. By all means. <laughs> all right. Yeah. While we're while we're yeah, why not? This is um, it's good stuff, huh? This is good, good stuff. Um, you know, I kind of came up. I'm a little bit older than you, uh, believe it or not, because I'm so pretty. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's my, uh, Muhammad Ali is a, probably uh, closer than you think. Muhammad Ali is a huge, I'm a huge Muhammad Ali fan. So, but anyway, um, but, uh, you know, I came up in, uh, retail in New York and then in the late nineties, mm-hmm. like when all the cold stuff. So I, you know, I was drinking like all that big, heavy, like the Turley. So I, um, I, you know, I'm. Like I've heard, like a lot of the guys. Yeah, I love I love following your Instagram though. You're always drinking some really interesting, <laughs> cool stuff, like things that I don't see everywhere too. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to get some like download some some recs from you. I think. Uh, oh yeah, for too. sure, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And um, but then also like two two things. One, like I've ordered wine for you know I I, I we actually met in person at the Mask and Taste and you know mm-hmm. super you're super chill. I remember like I was like you know we had DM but then I was like 
you know, you're pouring. I'm like, hey, I'm the black wine guy. You're like, oh, it was really cool. You're like, you know, and, and, and Dan, Dan, Dan Petrosio, he's super cool yeah. guy. Can't wait to have him on a show. He's a really cool guy. He's great. Um, but like the, I love like that your packaging, like the attention to detail that you have, like even like with the stickers, but even when you get something, when it's mailed, it's like, it's wrapped and it's got a big sticker. And like, I, by the way, I need another no shitty rose, uh, stick, uh, pin someone stole that um <laughs> you know and and uh you've you've um really you know you guys you've really given me um some more restrained good stuff like you know some good boho and like so like um you know what like i and and i'm on the email list obviously and like you're always got these crunchy glug glug you know i use the term you guys the the the, the kids use glug glug we back in my day we call them porch pounders. <laughs> just right. Just yeah. something you just knock back. <laughs> Easy. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, so like um, <clears throat> tell people like what what have you been drinking lately, man? Man, honestly, to be perfectly candid, not a ton. Okay. You know, um, so I haven't like announced this officially or anything, uh, but my, my girlfriend is pregnant. We're – Oh, yeah, yeah. congratulations. Yep. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to be a dad. Wow. Uh, Good luck with that. I'm really excited about it. We're really pumped. Uh, she's, it's a little girl. She's due oh, this December. You're done. I know. I'm totally you're done. done. My life is over <laughs> as I know it. <laughs> it is. You're done. <laughs> no, but I can't be more excited. Your but, daughter's um, finger, you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big time. I know. I, I've already cried like a million times and she's not even here yet. But, uh, no. So, so she hasn't been drinking. So I've okay, kind of taken it. that time to like, good for you. Also yeah. not, not to completely not drink, but, right. but not as much as, as maybe before. Right. So, um, so what have you been recommending? But, but that being said, you know, I think, uh, the, the stuff that still gets me jazzed up at the moment. Um, obviously things like this, like yeah. I'm a huge Commando G fan and I, I just love everything that they do. Um, mm. I, I definitely personally love all the kind of glug, glug, crunchy pound, mm-hmm. pork pounder or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them mm-hmm. styles of wine, like kind of those light reds that are, have good acidity and freshness, but not really tannic and you can mm. kind of drink them right away. I, I actually really like stuff that you can just pop and drink, mm-hmm. um, pop and pour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course, love the opportunity to drink some, Something really great. It's classic. Like it's got some, or some age yeah, on yeah, it, yeah. and it's like you know ready, ready. Um, but I I like the kind of simplicity and freshness and easiness of drinking stuff that's kind of meant to be drunk a little more young, and um, that's honestly where I spend a lot of my time. So, and that could be Beaujolais, that could be some fun Jura wines, that could be um, big fan of um, Chablis in general. I love drinking Chablis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, certainly into you know my Italian Italian wines uh, mm-hmm. still. Um, you know, I love Sicilian stuff. Uh, you know, and I love, you know, as much as I kind of hate to say this, the, the kind of lean towards funky, weird blends yeah, that yeah, are yeah. just kind of a, a mashup of different things that, um, isn't necessarily about terroir sometimes, but it's just about being delicious. You mm-hmm. know, I'm really into that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, a pretty, pretty broad spectrum of things, but generally speaking, you know, either really crisp whites, minerally whites like Chablis or, or maybe some dry Riesling, love Shannon, huge Shannon fan. Mm-hmm. Um, or those kind of lighter reds, you know, that you can kind of put a little bit of a chill on it and, and go to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally cool. Totally yeah. cool. Totally cool. So like we, earlier you, you said, um, it was like Ruth Chris, um, 
was kind of like when you kind of open your eyes to wines. What what was the bottle of wine? What was the bottle of wine that you had where you're like, yo, I want to do this one? Like, like, fuck, I want to do this. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've kind of had a couple of those experiences, but I would say the main one, the first one that I remember is, uh, and this was when I was still living in Maryland, and um, I, I bought this. Uh, at the time, I think I paid like, 70 75 bucks or something like that and at the that's time, a lot at that time at the, it was time it was the most i'd ever spent on yeah. a bottle and i was like really freaked out to buy it but it was a bottle of a 2000 vintage uh les forts de la tour which is the second wine from, oh yeah from chateau la tour mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh wow. it was 2000 vintage and i think this must that has had to have been like Oh three or oh four or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, I remember I was really excited to buy it. It was the most expensive thing I'd ever purchased, or most expensive wine I'd ever purchased. I go home, I like get my book out, my like World Atlas of Wine book or something, and I'm like sitting in my my spot, <laughs> pour the wine, looking at Bordeaux, you know, yeah. figuring it out. And I remember smelling it and being like, holy shit, wow! And I think even at the time I was like taking little right. wine notes uh-huh. for myself and. um I remember writing in there, best wine I've ever tasted. And that was kind of like, I was like, oh man, this yeah. is next level. It's like way different than the other thing. I mean, b- before then, I was probably spending like 15 bucks a bottle, like mm-hmm. comparing, you know, this Aussie Shiraz with a, an animal on it next to this other <laughs> Aussie Shiraz with an animal on it. So this was like big time for me. The Aussie Shiraz, which shall remain unnamed. Yeah. The wine formerly known as Aussie Shiraz. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. And then, and so, yeah, that, that's cool. That I, I totally get that. So like, and then like, so then you have that bottle. So obviously, I mean, you worked at EMP. Like, so like, like what's like the, like what like is the bottle of wine? Like just like, oh my God. What like, what's the wowest bottle of wine you've ever had in your life? The sickest shit you ever had. Yeah. It's it's hard to say, man. Um, you I know, get I've been, that. I've been extremely, extremely fortunate. When I look back on like, you know, where I've gotten to work, uh, who I've been able to be surrounded by, um, the opportunities to open things uh, that you know, I think, just not everybody gets to open mm-hmm. in, their, in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, I've opened mm-hmm. some like really crazy, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, between the various restaurants where I've worked and dinners and, and events and things like that that I've done. So it's, uh, I, f- I feel really, really fortunate to have been open a ton of great things. Um, man, I think, you know, maybe the, cra- the one that I always say is kind of the craziest bottle that I've always ever opened was uh, a bottle of Romani Conti from 1875. Um, and this was uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, I was working at uh, RN74 in, in San Francisco under Raj Parr. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Um, this was a bottle out of uh, the Wolf Jager cellar. Wow. Um, who's a crazy collector. Yeah, and, I, um, yeah I know who he is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just like the wildest thing. Like, ever. I mean, what, what was the fill? I mean, like, what was, I mean, what, was, you know, the wine itself was like, fine. Right. You know? But it's 1870. But it wasn't dead. Yeah, right. It wasn't yeah, dead. Yeah, right. But it was like, wow, this is like, the, the drinking coolest. history, man. The drinking history, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, um, there were still slaves. So <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I think the the other the other crazy experience that I had was a, f- a few years ago. I think this is summer of like 2016 or 2017. Um, 
did a uh, did a, uh, an event over in Burgundy uh, with the Complige Bel Air property. I got to pause. Uh, Just your life doesn't suck. N- no, everybody, his life doesn't suck. No, uh, you know, again, like I said, super fortunate. <laughs> they were. Uh, they were celebrating the uh, 200th anniversary of the uh, of the domain, uh, or or being of uh, in in the spot where they were, uh, and they were celebrating at the Chateau de Von Romanet, which is where the property is located, and and um, you know they're the monopole owners of uh, the La Romanet Grand Cru mm-hmm. in Von Romanet, mm-hmm. and uh, they did a vertical tasting of 75 vintages of La Romanet uh, going back to. 1870, 1865 Jesus for that Christ. one. Yeah, it was no, it was bananas. Stupid. Yeah, just like ridiculous. Like the craziest sommelier moment <laughs> of all time. <laughs> you just don't get to do that kind of stuff. It's not normal. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's man. the crazy stuff. <laughs> that is the crazy stuff. Yeah, that's really crazy, crazy. And, but honestly, man, I mean, that stuff's super cool and it's like cool to tell those stories and whatnot, but like, you know, the stuff I really love to drink on a regular basis is the things like this. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I hear you, man. Like yeah. it's, it, it's, it's really nice to have those experiences. Cause those are, like you said, those are storied experiences. Like you're, you're in rarefied air. You were like billionaires sometimes. I mean, it, it's a crazy world you're, you live in, but like this, this, like you said, or this is what it's about. It's like popping a bottle, yeah. having a conversation with people, you know, um, for me, it was always like the kind of fun social element of it and right. like getting people together. You know, opening something fun that's delicious, goes well with the food. Like this, that piece of it was always the most fun part of wine for me, not the show offy kind of stuff. Totally. Um, you know, I, I, I've never forgotten where I'm from. You're like, I grew up, was born in Dundalk, Maryland, which if anybody knows where Dundalk, Maryland is not fancy whatsoever. You know, single, single, uh, I mean, I'm, single I don't to, I'm from Jersey, but Maryland's like, not that fancy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not a fancy person. You know what I mean? I'm just not fancy. So <laughs> I've got to work at some fancy places, but I mean, he's like, got on I'm some a, Air Force ones though. And I, you know, I mean, not some Air Force. He's got some Jordan ones. My bad. That's uh, legit. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no. So like, I've, I'm really lucky that I've gotten to have those experiences. But uh, you know, this is this kind of stuff brings me home. Right on. So listen, man. Um, tell everybody. You know, first of all, thank you so much for coming on, Mike. So tell everybody where they can um reach you and and you know tell them about Verve and and uh you know where they can find uh more about you and what you're up to these days. Yeah. So um, vervewine.com is our website. Uh, and check it out. We've got beyond just um you know what we think is a really awesome selection of wines that you can buy and 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 enjoy. Um. There's a lot of great content on there too. Um, I, I do like an every other week thing with some winemakers and things called Wine with Friends. We've posted all of our, our videos on there. Uh, I've got a great blog. Um, so there's a lot of good content on the site too. It's not just for like buying stuff. You can actually read and, and get some interesting content there. Uh, Instagram, of course. Uh, my personal one is at Dustin Wilson MS. Um, Look for the blue check, which not, you'll, you'll, not the uh, the broke Dustin Wilson who's probably trying to impersonate. Has the yeah. blue check? He's legit. You'll you'll find various things on my Instagram. Uh, sometimes I get really angry and like you know about political stuff, and I'll put that up there. I so, love it, man. Sometimes I put up pictures of wine. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's kind of it's just me. You know, that, right on. That's man. how it is. Uh, or follow us uh, if you if you'd like more specific wine content. Follow Verve. It's just at Verve Wine on Instagram. Um, so yeah, those are, those are good places to follow. Well, man, damn, 
Thank you so much. I like again. I, I'd love to have oh, you come back. I, I yeah. should say sorry. Like you, sign up for the email list. Go go to vervwine.com, Get on the email list. Uh, we're always doing. That's where, that's a good spot to find out about deals and uh, sales and you know cool stuff that's maybe hasn't hit the website yet. Things like that. One hundred percent. Yeah. I'm glad you, you you said that because uh, I'm on the list, obviously. And love I love the content. Thank um, you. And yeah, and and I see who you're on there with, and um, hopefully you can tell your friends like you. You need to sit down with MJ. That motherfucker's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I, you know, saying that this is le- this is definitely the most legit <laughs> podcast I've ever been on. This is proper. Yeah. Good, yeah. yeah good Congratulations. Luck. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, can't wait uh, to have you again. But more importantly, congratulations. I hope everything just goes wonderful with the birth of your daughter. Um, and, uh, hey, man, um, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you. All Thank right. you. Appreciate it. All right. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list. 